game 23, Brentford versus Burnley on the 21st of October 2023, titled Goals of the Season. Now, I follow the normal routine in going to London Bridge Station. Nothing new there. But some years ago, I undertook hostile environment training over two days prior to heading to Afghanistan. This was in readiness of going over to a war-torn area and to give an insight of what could happen should you get kidnapped. Now, before I carry on, you may wonder why I tell you of this. Well, look or listen to that first line again. I took the normal route to London. Well, one of the parts of hostile environment training is being kidnapped and what we could face. Well, one of the most interesting points that I remember was how regularly we undertake the same trips, routes, etc. in our everyday lives and how much we are creatures of habit when under surveillance. So if somebody spent a few days watching your movements, and I don't mean Gillian McKeith, Google her, she, they, it, Apple, Acorn, I don't know anymore, you could be tracked fairly easily and kidnapped fairly routinely in the most unobserved area of your day-to-day -day lives. But knowing the kid in me, as I was listening to all the information given out over the two days of intense hostile environment training, when it came to the final afternoon, we were, as there was two of us, aware we were going to be kidnapped. And when it happened, I couldn't take it seriously. And the moment it fell apart was when the kidnappers jumped in front of the car, fired blanks at the car driver who played dead, and then we were supposed to be dragged out of the car. But, seeing as this was being held in this country, health and safety kicked in. When they blindfolded us, our rough, tough kidnappers who don't give a shit about us in real life situations suddenly say things like, mind your head, watch out for that step, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't decry it, but the whole scenario suddenly became fault. So much so that when we had to sit with our heads in a bag, with persons around us creating a sense of fright, shock and horror that our supposed captors would do to us, I was blowing kisses underneath my head cover and wondering exactly what would happen should I feign slipping off the chair and possible injury. Health and safety, remember. I know, dickhead. Take it seriously, but I couldn't. If it had been a real situation, they would have blown me away for being a twat. So I took the normal route to London Bridge. Glad I got that off my chest. A coffee and a session of people watching. I think of my mum and how she and her mum often use the phrase, making the silk purse from a sow's ear. Today, that was my job. Thomas Frank, the charming Brentford manager versus Vincent Company, who reminds me of Ant McParlin. I think it's a large forehead. I don't know. Oh, by the way, charming for Mr. Frank. Honestly, the aggression shown whilst chewing his frequent gum chomping is right up there with Fergie's and Big Sam's. You can really tell how the game is going by the speed of the cham. Remember the conjugation of the verb cham? I cham, we cham, they cham. And in the present test, we are all chamming. And yes, I do play that looky-likey game on my own and with friends. Sometimes playing that game I go for the outrageous not really looky-likeys at all, because that's quite funny to see your friends' faces. Okay, just me then. Into the studio and Tom, the exec producer, and I have a chat about Brentford Burnley. It'll be a good game, he says. I smile in and away, I know that Brentford do go for it, so he could be right. Normal chat around the studios and we sit in our respective booths ready for our games. Brentford coast to an easy victory. They win 3-0. And we have an intervention for video assistant referee. Now I think I might just have my say on VAR in a separate episode. Otherwise I'll never get to the end of this one. Mope has one chalked off before Johan Visser combines with Mbwemo and Mope to score. 
but then in the second half we get to the Screamers. The aforementioned Mbwemo cuts in from the right towards a goal to my left and curls one in the top of the Burnley keeper's net. A stunning goal followed by a Coleman-esque 2-0 cry from yours truly before a full description follows. But whilst that was good to win goal of the month for me, what followed was a dream spankage from Saman Oros. On as a sub in the 87th minute, he controls the ball coming out of the Burnley penalty area on his chest before half-falling it in with his right foot, but with real pace. A commentator's wow is exclaimed, and that is right up there with a poor Hollywood bake-off handshake. If it produces one of those, you know it's something special. I travel home thinking about my performance and I pop myself in the 8 bracket. I check, as per usual, the scribes have witnessed what I've witnessed and update my local sports news papa. What's moaning and groaning about internet speeds? Some things never change! Game 24, Al-Hilal versus Mumbai City on the 23rd of October 2023. Titled, Fuckity Fuck. Forgive this look back in time, it is relevant. The 9th of October, I receive an email from the Trevmeister, agent to the stars and me, and he advises me of a match change and an additional one. I reply saying, let me get this straight as my head's wobbling and the written word isn't making too much sense. On the 23rd, I am no longer doing Al Saad versus Al Faisal, but now covering at 2pm AGMK versus Sepahan, followed by Al-Halal versus Mumbai City. Is that correct? Yes, says the Trevmeister. Literally the moment I take that reply, my phone goes off with an issue to deal in my other business. So, Al-Halal versus Mumbai City. I'm looking forward to this one as an old friend and former coach of my son, Des Buckingham, is in charge of the City Group's Mumbai City. Des is a terrific guy and making a name for himself on the coaching stroke managing scene but not as yet on these shores. And as you may well have heard, via me, standard barometers between leagues or competitions or countries do dwell in my mind. Des started life as a goalkeeper and moved into coaching, and he coaches his way. When he was in charge of my son's side, I personally wasn't sure of his coaching abilities from the opposite touchline, and that may well have been due to an emotional family tie. Parents are difficult creatures, aren't they? Their own little Jimmy or Joanne are always the best out there. Anyway, I'm prepping away around 1pm when my phone rings. Hello, I say. Selfie, it's Brendan. Where are you, old chap? He inquires. Flippantly, I reply, on the end of the phone to you, Brenners. Um, where is that precisely, he says. Taking the word precisely as being what it meant, I said, ah, sat in my office in front of my Mac preparing for Al-Halal and leaving shortly for the journey to see you, sir. Oh, comes the retort with a pause. As I have you doing a two o'clock kickoff for AGMK, and you're in Oxford. No, not me. I have Al Halal Mumbai with a 7 pm kickoff. Now, in fairness to the softly spoken Brendan, it is as rare as rocking horse poo that he ever gets angry or even rarer swears. But his exclamation of fucking hell, these fucking schedules surprises even me. He pops the phone down and I continue oblivious. Moments later, the phone rings and I glance down. It's the Trevmeister. I pick up the phone and say, Hi Trev. He quickly counters my greeting with, Selfie, do you remember the email dated the 9th of October? No, I reply. He then said, Check your emails, I sent one around 11.49am. Yes, here it is, I said, followed by, Fuck my old boots. Trevor quickly says, How quick can you get to West London? 
followed by, I don't care what you look like, get in the fucking car and drive. Just get on the fucking road. Trev, mate, I'm really sorry, I won't get there until the second half. Just get in the car and drive and I'll try and sort it out. Phone goes down as fast as my heart sank. This is a very good client Trev deals with and I'm not there. What did Julie Roberts say in Pretty Woman? Big mistake, big mistake. I check maps for traffic but realise the futility of the chase and also that the train and tube will be quicker. I'm sat on the train when my phone goes. It's Trev. Andrew, don't worry, they found someone to cover but I think this might see you bin by the AFC. I'll fight your corner but they can't take chances. I understand Trev, do your best for me. I reply with my heart now lower than snake's belly. Instantly when something you enjoy in your humble life is going to be removed, you do tend to feel sad. I feel incredibly stupid. This isn't the first time in 22,265 days that this has happened, but it is possibly the biggest letdown I've had the pleasure of instigating. In fairness, I'd better double check with my wife on that one as she may well say different. As I walk from Goldhawk Road tube station to the studios, I stop off at the supermarket and grab a sarnie. I also grab a bottle of Bombay Sapphire Gin for old Brenners as a sorry I stressed you out present. Part of me resigned to the fact that this could be my last AFC game and part of me knows I have to perform well as a last stand to say, think about it, is it worth letting such a talent go for one misdemeanor? I know that's a little big headed. It is simply me trying to find a resolve to fight on. Brenners accepts the gym with a you didn't need to do that line. We talk and he tries to lift my sagging spirits with a I like your style pep talk but also reinforcing the line that this was a calamitous error and one the bosses don't take lightly. I pop into my soundproof booth looking fridge and turn in a pretty good commentary full of vim and vigour and verve and colour in what was a one-sided hammering of Mumbai City. Des Buckingham's Mumbai City were not in this echelon when it comes to Champions League football. Down and almost out, I check after the final whistle my emails to see if I'll be required here tomorrow and the next day. There are no emails, and with my blackest thoughts raging in my head, I convince myself that the acts will fall after these three days are over. Brenner says well done on the commentary before saying he hopes they don't axe me but the mere fact he hedges his offer of hope almost endorses the thought they will. With age comes experience and sadly with age comes forgetfulness. I have both it appears, so I can sort of multitask. Game 25, Pactacor versus a Hull, 24th of October 2023, titled The Green Mile. Back to the studios for a mid-afternoon game. Sensible rise time and sensible train journey, but a sense of foreboding too. From yesterday's mitigating disaster of a no-show, the journey feels in my mind like one of the last. So therefore, every view, every thought is something like the last time this could happen for a while. I can't help thinking, worrying and stressing about it. Not going to change it though, but I brood as overthinkers do. As I wander out of Gold Hawk Road tube station look up the long road stretching out before me, it's a nice warm autumnal day. My choice of jacket is correct for general walking on a day like today, but not for a route march carrying my works bag over my shoulder. Perspiration could be an issue. You see, I've always had jacket coat issues in the past. Let me digress for a moment. Scenario, my wife and I are going out to do Christmas shopping, let's say. 
It's a cool late November day with a temperature of around 4 degrees. I was going to say 3 degrees, but I might have headed up a blind alley about King Charles's favourite pop group from yesteryear. So I put on a decent warm coat, but there's a lazy breeze as well. You know, the ones, the ones that your nan used to say go through you instead of around you. So you have a jumper on underneath your warm jacket, but outside perfect, inside sweat box. Try clothes on in a cubicle so small your elbows hit the wall like a drummer beating his drums, and you emerge looking like a radish. The shop is very warm to compensate for the outdoor temperature, so with this in mind, coat selection is hard for me as selecting a golf club from my back for those awkward shots from 80 to 100 yards. Anyway, back to my walk with my double baggage. One piece, the aforementioned works bag, and the other, the cloud hanging over my possible participation in the rest of the AFC games due to my oversight. So this 15 minute walk really feels like my green mile walker, as they say, dead man walking. I hadn't received any notification of my possible looming axe, but unless the Trevmeister can help smooth the passage for me, I could be today and tomorrow's games away from the end. It's warm for the time of year, and sure enough, perspiration bubbles on my forehead and the sense of wet patches under my jacket on my polo shirt is becoming evident. Knees hurt, and I finally appear to sign on. Not before getting to the double entrance doors, hearing the release buzzer, and pushing and pulling both doors, and not getting in. And then the man from the desk coming and opening it for the struggling, limping, sweaty commentator. Why does my mind offer me so many incorrect choices when opening doors? I've been through them many, many times. Maybe it's a sign of the dogma clouding my head. Brenners greets me and we converse, but it's fair to say I'm a little wrapped up in my own thoughts. I hear the phrase, you're in 10. All I am thinking is, let me do it well. Keep it right, make it a solid effort. I sort myself out in booth 10 before realising I might have been a little vague when conversing with Brenners. So I pop back out to sort of make an effort. But what it's worth, selfie dear boy, I sang your praises to the FC yesterday after you left just to try and appease the situation a little. Whether it works, I don't know, but I tried, he said. I apologised to him again for causing him stress yesterday and thanked him in equal measure. And then as the moment got a little tense as the emotions of being a twat surfaced, I quickly hit Gallo's humour and said to Brenners, I don't think you're getting another bottle of gin. A lame effort matched, I think, by the underlying sombre nature I was wrapped up in. One of my worst traits is saying sorry, because when I say it, I mean it. And when I say it, I often have done wrong in a big way. So when I understand what almighty cock-up I have made, I can often not stop saying sorry, to the point where people get angered by my apologising. So sorry for labouring that point. It was a Group A AFC Champions League game for me between Uzbekistan's Pakhtakhor and Turkmenistan's side Ahal. I've done my prep, but today's players are really new to me. So it'll be a game where numbers, then names, then appearances of players will get better over 90 minutes. I don't know these players, and I couldn't pick out any of the starting 22. Galdiev and Diniev are not recognisable until the game unfolds. The game is a competitive affair until the first goal, and then the golfing class becomes evident. And that all unravels for Ahal on 22 minutes, when a challenge by Tegeyev on Urkinov sees a penalty awarded by VAR. Kolmatov's penalty is saved by the underdog's Ahal keeper, Aliyev. Excellent from a neutral's perspective. Let's see if that can galvanise Ahal. The answer is no. One minute later, and hero Ahaliev becomes zero when his mistake leads to the opener scored by Erkinov, and pretty much from that point, Paktikor controlled the match, scoring two more before the end of the game to coast to victory. I pack up my things, and given the nature of the one-sided game, give myself the dreaded 7 out of 10. 
Much of that ranking is to do with the control the victors had. After they scored, they did what they wanted and when they wanted and never let a howl really gain any leverage in the game. A quick chinwag with Brennus who asked me about tomorrow's 10am kickoff for Yokohama versus Kaya. Although I'm not sure if he was inquiring about the game or making sure the old fart knew what time he had to be in. No emails from anyone and it's still the green mile back to Goldhawk Road station before the choo-choo home. Talk about living under the sword of Damocles. Game 26, Yokohama Marinos versus Kaya on the 25th of October 2023. Titled Electric Avenue. It's raining and it's dark. A 10am kickoff means I have to be at the studio for 8am, which means a 15 minute walk, so I need to be at Goldhawk Road for 745 which tracking backwards means 20 minutes from Paddington to Goldhawk Tube Journey. Anyone listening saying, no, not that long. I do overinflate times to be on time, if that makes sense. Meaning arriving at Paddington at 7.20ish. We're extrapolating that back even further, catching a train around 6.20ish at Longhambra. This long-winded way of explanation meant I decided to look for a parking space close by to rent and I would take our recently purchased electric car to that there London town. Now, if you're in the market for an electric car, the next passage and match scenario should, I hope, go some way and help you think about the purchasing of an electric car. Now, not giving rise to the ecological arguments of whether making and disposing of batteries is ecologically friendly in comparison to diesel and petrol cars, my wife and I bought a Mocha E. Now let me stress there is nothing wrong with the car. It's a little belter. But, and there's always a but, where I am parking today in the rain is about 40 yards from those doors I have so much trouble remembering had open at the studios. I have eco driving 200 miles of range in my Mocha for a 51 mile journey, according to my sat nav. Kushti, there and back, no problems. Off I poodle in the rain with the headlights on, but no heating and no radio, just the sat nav. A little seven mile urban drive before dual carriageway and motorway driving takes over. I don't slam the car. I do 70 where possible and obey the speed limits coming into London on the A40. A quick cross reference of how far I need to go and the range left leaves me a little bewildered. I've traveled no more than 40 miles according to my sat nav, but my range has dropped faster than my stores in diarrhea mode. It has taken around 70 miles of range for 40 actual miles, and all of a sudden I'm trying to reconcile, can I get home on one charge? Fairly obviously, motorway munching just absorbs so much battery power as it's not regenerating. A little alarmed, I find the parking spot, which is really, really tight and not as spacious as the brilliant creative photographer had demonstrated. It's still dark, it's still raining, and now on a busy London road I need to think on my feet Drive in, reverse out later when it's busier or take some shit off drivers while trying to reverse into this very, very small space. Which will be as easy as putting your pants on in the swimming baths after going swimming. After a few gesticulations and mutterings under my breath, I'm in place and relieved-ish. Final miles on the range leave me concerned, with the range equating to the distance I would feel better with some charge popped back into the battery before heading home. I sidle out of the ridiculous gap between the car door and the wall, grab my bag with my head full of mileage calculations and set off to walk the 40 or so yards in the rain to the doors of destiny. Fuck, I exclaim aloud sadly. I'm wearing the squeaky leaky boots and almost immediately I can feel the absorption of moisture in the sock in the left boot. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, I mutter. 
Bingo is my phone. This could be my last game for a while. And now I have a wettish sock, squeaky boots, need a waz, it's raining, and I still have to negotiate those troublesome, for me, double doors. Bzzz, goes the electric release, one pushing in, a small but much needed mental victory for me. But what follows is even more amazing. I sign in and wander through the corridors to the studio, whereupon I finally extract my phone to see what the ping was all about. It's a text from the Trevmeister. I can see on the front screen part of the message, but I need to see it all as I hover in one of the doorways halfway through. I read the whole message. It says, I fought your corner with the boss. You are saved. You were saved by them finding a commentator quickly to cover. And my good words. He is a good man, so I'll forgive him blowing his own trumpet. But don't ever do it again. They are now going to change their protocol for more warning on games ahead, seeing as we are notified weeks ahead of the games, and then nothing more. See, I really took the risk of losing my job to make the bosses see they needed to do more. In a way, not really. I am a lucky journeyman commentator. A little irony here. I'm in before Brenner's and sit waiting by his desk like Scrooge waiting for Cratchit on Boxing Day. In comes Brenner's, after a short period of time has elapsed and I tell him I have been exonerated from being sacked and he was pleased, but not quite as pleased as I was. Yokohama versus the Philippine side Kaya was never going to be an equal contest, but in fairness, Kaya made Yokohama work hard for their 3-0 victory. Yokohama made heavy weather of it, to be perfectly honest with you, and Australian head coach, well-known softy, when playing, Kevin Muscat, would have possibly struggled to get his point across to the players. Tongue firmly in cheek there. So I packed up and out into the sunshine now. I walked back to the car, squeaky boot telling me of my every step. Sidle into the car, and then remember... What range will the car tell me and what mileage will it actually give me? Can I get home? They call this range anxiety and that is pretty much it. I give in to the anxiety and feel a top up is required. I check the myriad of apps on my phone to locate a speedy charger and then waste several range miles going to them and finding them occupied or out of order etc etc etc. So I head to Heston Services, which indicate rapid charges. I use more miles going out of my way to get there, and once I arrive, the spaces are empty. I reverse in, plug in, and it charges. But remember, I'm going to be at a service station for at least an hour, maybe less, not sure. Let me tell you, I was there 40 minutes to top up the battery to 95% charge, at a cost of around £19 for around 100 miles of perceived range, depending on driving conditions. But I need to add on to the cost from a service station of a latte and something to eat. Yes, you know what's coming. I bought a sandwich, a latte and some crisps and tried to pay with a £20 note as I didn't have my cards on me. The assistant said I didn't have enough so I should put the sandwich back. Thank fuck, I wasn't there all week.